What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, what is cooking? How did you spend this all-star break? Uh, you know, it's been a pretty boring last week, Colin. Um, I don't really know what to do my, with myself on weekday nights when there's no NBA on. It's kind of a dry landscape when there's no NBA. Yeah, I've resorted to just watching uh, tradable gifts over and over and over again for money. That's uh, that's what I did to fill my NBA fix. How about you? Well, yeah, uh, I have also been selling and buying tradable gifts on the internet to make money. Uh, we're we're kind of little top shot moguls at this point now, Colin. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that like we're phenomenal businessmen, but like. You know, we're not not phenomenal businessmen. I, I definitely didn't up... quit my full-time job to pursue Top Shot full-time, if that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it was. Obviously, I was asking that, but um, yeah, I, I know that you actually got a little bit luckier than I did. We, we both hit the lottery on the $200 pack that came out this weekend, and... We kind of cashed in on that. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the listeners, um, Top Shot's just this new craze. It's basically like digital trading cards. But um, it's guaranteed money right now, Colin. Would you say that? It feels like it. Yeah. It it's it, At some point, th- this is going to be figured out, and there's going to be an equilibrium in the prices, but... Yeah, so in the pack that was sold this weekend, you got seven highlights, and one came from like a new rare collection, and one came from a rare collection that had been released the week before. The average highlight from the new rare collections is selling for around like $400 right now, and the average highlight in that older collection is selling for about $200 right now. And then you still have five other highlights that are going from anywhere from like 10 to $40. So it really does feel like printing money at this point. I'm not sure how long it lasts, but I am here for it right now. Yeah, I'm riding it while it's hot. It's like, it's crazy. It's crazy what people put value on and that these digital highlights are worth tons of money right now. And if you haven't got into Top Shot yet, you should. Because I, I don't think it's fully taken off yet. No, it hasn't. They What I was reading is that right now there's about 350,000 users with accounts set up. And there are 500,000 accounts waiting to be fully set up. So I, I think it's wow. only going to continue to take off. Once, once Top Shot hits China, it's... Oh, gonna it's go over. brazy. It's I like I'm I will be a millionaire. Um yeah. something the, people uh, are doing right now are like buying highlights of people who have the um like lucky numbers in Chinese culture. Just hoping that when Top Shot hits the Chinese market, that all these people will start buying these highlights of these lucky numbers. Wait, what are the lucky numbers? That's like low key smart. Uh, I know one of them's like seven. I couldn't tell you all of them off the top of my head, oh, okay. though. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Um, 
for those wondering what we're talking about, the, each uh, highlight comes with a serial number, so each highlight is unique. And for whatever reason, some of the numbers just mean more to people. So if you get the serial number with like the jersey of the player in the highlight, like that's automatically worth more. If you get like the first highlight, that's worth more. The and, last yeah. highlight is actually yeah, worth more. Yeah, and like I've seen like some people like if you get like the four hundred and twentieth serial number, like they just like sell it for four hundred twenty dollars, and people like always <laughs> seem to buy them. Like it just <laughs> like for the memes. It's pretty that's pretty fun. funny. Right. Uh, well, it's weird how we got in on Top Shot early, but it kind of feels like we missed out, you know? Yeah, we got in like, like I think, like if we're doing the the analogy of waves, like we're in on like the first wave, and then there's gonna be a second wave that's like ten times as big as that first wave. But anybody who got in before that first wave. <laughs> is swimming in cash right now. Yeah. Just to put it into perspective, not flexing, I've put $15 in a top shot, and I have grossed about $14.50. If that just gives you any insight into how much money you can make off of it right now. Yeah. I'm My profit ratio is not nearly as high. I've put like 300 bucks into top shot, and I'm at like 700 so still respectable still respectable. still a free 400 yeah and uh money money coming in too so we'll see we'll see with all that said no we have missed like a week of action so uh-huh. should we get into a schedule i'm very ready to talk about some b-ball the second half of the 10th week of fantasy basketball let's break it down uh, we'll start. Most teams are either playing three or two games, uh, but the Lakers are only playing one game this week for the rest of this week. So that's definitely going to tank the value of any Los Angeles Lakers players you have. So you want to hedge that. If you know that you're not going to be checking your lineups too much this weekend, avoid Lakers players and focus on players that are playing three games, which include players from the Hawks, Bulls, Mavs, Rockets, Grizzlies, Heat, Bucks, T-Wolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Magic, 76ers, Trailblazers, Spurs, Raptors, and the Wizards. All other teams are playing two games this week. Uh, Noah, can you break down the number of teams playing each day for us? Because that's interesting. Yeah, so um, me and Colin are recording this Wednesday night, so four teams play today. So uh, not that many teams, but... Tomorrow, we have 22 teams, so you'll probably have a full, if not very close to full lineup. Um, Friday, we have 14. Saturday, we have 16. And Sunday, we have eight teams, 18 teams playing that day. So on Thursday, um, it gets really real if you want to win this week. Um, you're going to have close to full lineups most of the days this week. And you really got to be on top of the waiver wire this week because I think um, – I think a lot of matchups will be decided on guys picked up and dropped this week when you have this many teams playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, should we go through the back-to-backs? I think that those are always interesting enough. And the onus for this is, again, just to, to maximize your roster pickup slots. 
Uh, everybody who's actually gifted an extra two slots this week, at least in the ESPN leagues. So normally you'd get seven ad drops, but for this extended week, you get nine. So if used correctly, I think you should actually have more per game or per, per day than usual. Maybe it's less. I don't know. But with that said, you can kind of maximize it by picking up a guy on one of these teams that's just going to play two days in a row and you don't have to add or drop. So the Mavs play today and tomorrow. So you might have missed the ship on that one already. We apologize. That's on us. Moving forward, Thursday, Friday, the Bulls, Rockets, Heat, Pelicans, Magic, and 76ers play on both those days. Friday, Saturday, the Nuggets, Pacers, and Wizards play both those days. And then Saturday and Sunday, the Hawks, Wolves, Thunder, Blazers, and the Raptors play both those days. Noah, anything to add there? Yeah, I think the back-to-backs are super uh, important this week because uh, me and Colin will get into it a little bit later, but a lot of guys are coming back from injury now. Um, just for example, a guy like Christian Wood, um, he's already rolled out for tomorrow's Thursday game, but the Rockets have a back-to-back, so he could be potentially coming back on Friday. So it's always something to just you know keep track of. I know you'd be very happy, Colin, if Christian Wood came back and played on Friday. I would be ecstatic. That would be so huge for me and for Christian Wood, but more for me and the Rockets. I don't care about Christian. It, I don't know. I think the Rockets kind of crazy. The Rockets so went on a 13 game losing streak. Con, it didn't feel like they were just losing every night. Honestly, yeah, that kind of crept up on me. It was one of those things where, like, I was just like checking standings. I was like, man, like the Rockets like aren't doing as well. And then I checked a week later, and it's like, holy shit, they haven't won a game in like a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really, it really snuck up on me that they run it. Because I feel like a, just a couple weeks ago, Colin, we were talking about how like the new look Rockets looked pretty good. Yeah, that uh, that faded quickly. <laughs> no, I've read that that they're going to be like massive sellers at the trade deadline. So Depot, Boogie, maybe John Wall. I think Christian Wood is pretty much the only dude, you know, <laughs> that that isn't on the table because they know that they can do something with him at least in the future. Yeah, yeah, the Rockets are. Uh... About to go full tanked mode. Which, uh, you know, it, it sucks because it's one of those things like, it, it's like when uh, LeBron, or when the Cavs traded Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and God knows what else, and Max Kellerman got on the radio and was like, the Cavs are actually like way better now that they don't have Kyrie and that they have like, D Wade and Derrick Rose with like one knee between the two of them, uh, like they're gonna be great. And people are like, yeah, like look at all these all stars. And it's like, well, just because like people have been to an all star game doesn't mean that they like actually play well together or mean anything anymore. And I think that's kind of what we saw with the Rockets. They they have a lot of guys who might still be talented or used to be talented that just can't really play well together. So. Yeah, I actually think with a team like the Rockets, who is going through this major downfall, I think that's actually good for fantasy owners, because I think you could find really good value out of a team like the Rockets, Mm -hmm. who will be playing these probably very low percent rostered guys in your league, who will be getting big minutes. So if you can stay on top of that, I think there's real value to be found there after all the dust settles, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 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 
Um, all right, should we get into guys that you believe at this point, uh, a little bit more than halfway through the fantasy season, still have rest of season value that are not really uh, rostered by a ton of teams, probably still out there in the generic fantasy league. Yeah, I actually have two guys this week that I um that I really like. I think um I think they're gonna be decent options. Um, my first guy is Nicholas Claxton. He is a second year player out of Georgia who is on the Brooklyn Nets, and he is currently seven point seven percent roster on ESPN right now. Um, he's a guy that's been on my watch list. Um, I think he's trending upwards right now. Uh, he shows really good potential for steals, blocks, and field goal percentage. Uh, he actually just mm-hmm. came back from injury, so he's been getting limited minutes so far. But the Nets are a team that I think still needs answers in their front court, um, even after the acquisition mm-hmm. of Blake Griffin, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, later. But I think Claxton could help answer some of those questions they still have. Um, he provides length. And he also provides perimeter mobility, which I think is um, pretty important nowadays on defense when a lot of teams' defensive principles are based off switching pick and rolls. So it's always Mm -hmm. good to have a big man that can step out and actually guard a guard out on the perimeter. But he recently returned from injury, and he's only averaging 15.2 minutes in his five games he's played so far, Colin. Uh, He had two pretty bad games, but that's expected out of a guy who's only played 20 games in his entire NBA career so far. But in his three good games, he's averaging 14.3 points, 4.7 rebounds, and then 1.7 steals and blocks. Um, That's that's crazy value for a guy who's only 7.7% rostered right now. And yeah, he's only a second-year player. I think he can only get better from here. And I think his minutes will continue to trend upwards, honestly, because I don't think DeAndre Jordan is, like, the end-all, be-all answer for the Nets at the center position, you know? No. I, I think DeAndre Jordan is the perfect example of the, the career length of a center is far less than the career length of a guard. I mean, it's just so tough for guys that big to continue to compete with the level of athleticism that made them so dominant in their primes. So he's just playing like a different game, honestly, and he's playing much less minutes. Yeah. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan on the outs. Um, all right, well, I got a guy that I think we should talk about at least. He jumped up massively in roster like this like last week, but... He now leads the league in steals. It's TJ McConnell. He's 60% rostered. If you're playing in a category league, I mean, just go get the man. I know that it might be a bit of an anomaly because he had 10 steals in one game, but he is a bloodhound. He He figures out how to get steals. He figures out how to get assists. I think you just, we've talked about him. Just pick him up. Like, I, I don't care. Uh, I don't know who you have to drop, but it dropped them. If TJ McConnell is on a waiver wire, he is better than whoever your 13th person is. I just, that is the case. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we were kind of on the TJ McConnell train um, a little earlier before other people. Mm-hmm. But he really doesn't hurt you anywhere. Like, he's not taking enough no. shots to ever tank your field goal percentage. 
he gets you he'll help you he'll single-handedly help you win assists and steals every week like that is a guarantee Mm -hmm. and yeah there's no really negatives to him that in my opinion for a categories league for a points league you could say that is every game production isn't um isn't there for a points league but for a categories league with the amount of minutes he's getting right now and i don't see those minutes changing because aaron holiday's been playing so bad I honestly don't think he deserves minutes at this point, which leaves all of the backup point guard minutes to go to TJ. Yeah, as they should. As they should. I mean, I truly think that they're just a better team when he's on the court. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only downside I could possibly think of is that, like, per his minutes, his turnovers aren't great, but uh, you can live with two turnovers a game. Yeah. For what eight assists and two steals? I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, seven assists, two steals, four boards. Yeah, no, all of it, all of it. So, yeah, there is no reason. There's no reason TJ McConnell should be available in your league if he is in a category league. Yeah, sorry, category. I I could justify a point league not having him because it's very, very in and out. But category league, get him. Get him, get him, get him, get him. Alrighty. Who is your next guy? Uh, so my next guy is a guy who is gaining a ton of traction right now. And he plays for the Houston Rockets, which we already said. Um, the Rockets oh. are probably going to have a fire sale uh, as hey, the trade. Noah. What? No, I have, an, I have an idea. It just it dawns upon me. With the Rockets like not really knowing their identity, I bet that there's some guys that people could get off the waivers that are going to be pretty cheap right now, but get significant minutes and put up some stats. Yeah. Do you know of anybody like that? Uh, I do. And that is Mr. Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, uh, he falls in. That's funny because like I just said that and you were already talking about him. Who is currently 14.4% rostered on ESPN leagues. Um, he's gaining a lot of traction on the fantasy b-ball subreddit right now. Um, and as we said, the Rockets are going to have a fire sale. We could see guys like Vic, uh, Oladipo leave, P.J. Tucker, Danwell House, Ben McLemore, Sterling Brown. All of those guys could be gone um, as the trade deadline gets closer. And so the Rockets recalled Kevin Porter Jr. Um, he spent his first year on the Cavs. It was pretty rocky. And he spent part of this year on the Cavs. But he's officially on the Rockets. They recalled him from their G League team. In 15 G League games, Con. He averaged 24 points, 7.2 assists, 5.2 rebounds, and one and a half steals a game. Um, I think the opportunity is just too good right now to not pick up this guy. Um, If you pick him up, you might be maybe dissatisfied with his first couple games. But I think he's just going to have the opportunity of a lifetime on a rebuilding Rockets team. And... I think it's too good to not pass up, you know? No, very fair. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I only knew Kevin Porter Jr. as a guy who was just a part of a very bad Cavs team. So I did not know this news. And like we said, like once the Rockets make the sale, they're just going to start to figure out what their lineup looks like for next year. And they're going to be playing that game. And a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. could very easily walk in and just start putting up 15 and 5 a game. 15, 5, and 5. Like, who cares? Yeah, he's a walking pocket. And 
you know, Colin, the playoffs are only like a month and a couple weeks away. And I really think if Kevin Porter Jr. starts to get significant minutes for the Rockets, he's like a he's like a make a difference guy for a team, a fantasy team that's in the playoffs. Like I think he could legit if he's like your last guy on the roster and he's actually putting up numbers, yeah. Like you'll be in a phenomenal situation. I'm sold. I like him. Go pick him up, dude. He's available. Alrighty. I'm in. I'm in, dude. Stop trying to convince me. If you're so sold right now, come on, go pick him up right now. Mm, I'm thinking, dude. My fantasy team's like a well-oiled machine. I don't need to add other oil to this machine until I know exactly what type of oil it is. I, good I think Jaron Jackson Jr.'s got no oil right now. Yeah, no. Jaron Jackson Jr., we might set fire to him, like, real soon. Like, if he doesn't play, like, tomorrow, like, he will be gone. Um, But a guy that I kind of like, Noah, um, on this this dynamic Mavs team is Jalen Brunson. How do you feel about him? Yeah, I actually, um, I actually picked him up last week. I've been pretty happy with what he's gave me so far. Uh, he's currently 39.5% roster on ESPN, but he went up 18.7% this week. Yeah. Um, Jalen's an interesting one because he has some dud nights, but he's kind of emerged as the Mavs' third scoring option. And... I've watched a, a decent amount of Mavs games this year, honestly, and what the Mavs lack is a third scorer and a third option for Luka and Kristaps. It really seems as though the team talent-wise takes a deep dive once you get outside of those two individuals. Tim Hardaway Jr. can be the most hot-cold player I've ever seen, and Jalen Brunson seems to be a bit more consistent. I think he's starting to get some more shots, and they've realized that Tim Hardaway Jr. just is not reliable, especially when it's very evident and clear that he's off. So I like him. I mean, he's jumped up his effective field goal percentage to 61% this year, up from 52% this year. He's shooting 40% on threes on three attempts a game. And his shots are up. He's up to nine shots a game. So these are all things that I like. Are they things that you like? Yeah, I kind of like Jalen Brunson just as a player. Um, He's a 24-year-old playing his third season in the NBA. Uh, He played three seasons in college, too. So he kind of came into the NBA like um, his game is kind of what it is, you know. But he's Mm -hmm. a solid guard. Um, over his last nine games, he's averaging 28 minutes, putting up 16 points, five rebounds, and three assists on 1.93 a game. And as you already said, Colin, the Mavs are just desperately in need of another playmaker. And they're also in need of a guy they can just trust with the ball in his hands other than Luka. And you can't say that about many guys on the Mavs at this point, really. No, not at all. They're not a deep team in the slightest. Yeah, and with how much focus teams put on Luka, you know, rightfully so, because Luka is Luka, it leaves opportunities for a guy like Jalen Brunson to make 
meaningful impact in a game for the Mavs, which you always like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and when I think about the Mavs, Jason Richardson's another name that comes to mind that I I just I don't find to be a terribly reliable name. Josh. Yeah, Josh. Jeez, it's getting late, late, late boy hours. Can't figure out the difference between Josh and Jason. But yeah, so I think as the season progresses and the Mavs continue to develop, I think that they lean on a guy like Brunson just a little bit more and more. Totally. Yeah, he's a guy I'm pretty happy I picked up. And I think he might be staying on the team for a hot minute, which I'm pretty happy about. Yeah, facts. Big facts. Um, Artie, do you have anybody else that you're really itching to talk about as a long-term pickup, or are there other guys that we should just kind of note as waiver wire pickups that maybe you add them and then you drop them? Maybe you hold on to them for a couple games, but definitely don't be feeling like they uh, have to be on your roster till the season end. Yeah, I have a, I have one more guy who we've already talked about before, so we don't have to spend much time on him. And then I'll read my waiver wire pickups, and then we can get into like the injury and trade news because yeah, there's just yeah, a yeah. ton of that. So exactly. the last guy I want to talk about is Jakob Pertle, which is a guy we argued, we have already talked about. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty big Jakob fan. But today the yeah. Spurs actually came out and said that they're going to part ways with Marcus Aldridge, leaving all of the center minutes to go to Jakob. So he, in my opinion, is a must-have at this point. Um, I don't think he should mm-hmm. be available in your league. So if he's there, pick him up 100% because he's going to be playing big minutes for the Spurs team that's in the playoff hunt. So they have no reason to be losing games. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about his progression even just this season already on the podcast. So he is a board machine. He's got some nice post moves. Um, He plays good defense. He's got one and a half blocks on the year. Mm. Yeah. That's tasty. That's, uh, That's something that's only going up. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one downside is I will say he is shooting 32% from free throws this year. So Yeah. You hate to see that. Be comfortable with him maybe tanking that. <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like he's taking a ton, but 33% is 33%. There's... There's not much around that, you know? Like, you're just going to have to accept. Yeah, on the yeah. Years, 15 for 47. Oh, my gosh. I could shoot better percentage than that. You could. Yeah, no, you absolutely could. It's actually significantly lower than his career average. His career average is 50%, so. Okay. I don't know. Maybe there's just something in the water down in San Antonio. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Should I read the rest of my waiver wire pickup, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. go for it. Yeah, so for the waiver wire, um, I have a guy. I have DeAnthony Melton, Derek Rose, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who's kind of a weird uh, person to put on there, you know, because he's not, he's still injured. But he actually yeah. was on the jump yesterday, I think, and he said he's about one to two weeks away. So if you could afford to stash a guy like that, I would definitely think about it. 
Uh, we have the Time Lord, Robert Williams. We have Josh Hart. We have Tristan Thompson. We have Facundo Campazzo. We have TJ McConnell. We have Dennis Smith Jr., Sadiq Bay, and Bruce Brown. Are all guys who you should be considering picking up. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to emphasize that this list is not exhaustive. There are obviously other guys out there on the waiver that we might have missed that for a reason that might pop up tomorrow deserve to be picked up. And that that is absolutely fine. These are guys that we just, in our research, have identified as guys that we like for the upcoming weeks. Oh, wait, I have one more guy. I have one more guy. Uh, so I just, <clears throat> oh, my God, get your shit together. Yeah, so Simmons and Embiid were both supposed to play in the All-Star game, Colin, but they, I think they yes, got their obviously. haircut by a guy who tested positive for COVID, so they both had mm-hmm. to miss the game. And due to league protocols, Embiid is going to miss their Thursday game, and Simmons is going to miss their Thursday and Friday game. So I think yeah, we're going to see another. Um, I think we're going to see another little wave of Tyrese Maxey here. So he could be a very good pickup and, for this week. And Shake Milton then. True, very true. So definitely think about either of those nice. guys. Yeah, and I guess Dwight Howard in in that regard then as well. Although I don't know if Dwight Howard's like even when Embiid misses games, I don't think Dwight Howard actually gets too many minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Dwight though. He's he's thirty five out there with knees of, I don't know, steel, twigs, one of the three. Dwight is on his six different team in six years like that's impressive right impressive how so that he's played for six straight years yeah that he's still like (laughs) he's still getting contracts i guess yeah hey he's an nba champion a lot of guys can't say that yeah i can't say that i can't say that so i guess dwight's got a leg up on us there I mean, I guess, dude. I mean, whatever. Like, he doesn't need to brag about it. Yeah, the most. All right, Dwight has played. Dwight's played five, seven games this year. More than twenty minutes, and he's played in thirty-six games. I wouldn't expect too much out of Dwight. He can get you rebounds. That's about it. And some blocks. Eh, categories league. Categories league. Think about Dwight. Alrighty, let's move on to some of the juicier talking points. I think we got to start with the juiciest of them all. Kevin Durant is officially on his own. He's getting another ring. He's not ring chasing. His his support system is normal. It's just three guys who have all been to at least six All-Star games. Nothing too crazy, you know? It's like, you know... Now, is Blake Griffin... Alright, so so that's the news. Blake Griffin, released from the Pistons, is joining the Brooklyn Nets. Um, what... Uh, how do you want to start with this? Where do we want to go with the conversation? Do we want to talk about Blake Griffin? Do we want to center around the Nets? Like, just where does this... How does this impact the NBA, I guess, is maybe what we should talk about. I... I think we should start in terms of fantasy production for Blake Griffin. 
do you see this as if you're a Blake Griffin owner, Colin, are you happy? You're happy about mm-hmm. this move or are you sad? Uh, I'm happy. I'm very happy as a Blake Griffin owner myself. I am happy. Uh, one <laughs> for just the, the idea that he's going to start playing games again. I enjoyed that. And do you, you see go. him like what? What kind of minutes, what kind of production do you think we could see out of Blake, potentially? So, here's where I go with this. In the 20 games he played on the Pistons this year, he was playing 32 minutes a game. That's a lot of minutes. I think that that Blake Griffin, the last full season he played, was an all-star. He was an all-star on the Pistons in 2018-2019. Now, obviously, he's coming off of an injury, but he can do stuff like he can still be an effective player we haven't seen him play above the rim which sucks but we know he can still get boards we've seen him be a facilitator um he can still get assists i i question where he goes points wise because if i'm the nets i don't necessarily want him taking shots away from KD, Kyrie, Harden, even Joe Harris. But he provides an inside presence that none of those other guys do, and he's still more skilled than DeAndre Jordan and um, Jeff Green. Jeff Green's been starting for the Nets, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's just going to be able to fill the stat sheet a little bit with that in-between stuff. I mean boards wise it's not like he's competing with mason Plumley anymore to to get boards like boards are low-key kind of his yeah i think i think he's in for a good second half of this season um i think that's just a direct byproduct of him playing with kyrie harden and kd um Mm -hmm. since we saw him move to detroit con we've seen his three-point shooting ramp up in both attempts um and percentage uh, he's a pretty good three-point shooter at this point, so I think he'll get a lot of open threes from teams having to focus so heavily on these other scores. And then I actually think Blake Griffin's a better playmaker than what people think he might actually be. So would you be surprised if I told you for the whole entire second half of the season he averaged something like 16, 5, and 4? I would be surprised, yes. Okay. With the points or what? Because I don't think five rebounds or four assists is that crazy. Yeah, I think it's the points. I just I don't see him walking in and putting up 16 points a game. I mean, we're talking about a team that already has three guys averaging 25 points a game, right? I'm pretty sure my number's right there. So yeah, I, I, think, I think he could easily find four open threes in a game, though. Yeah, but he's not shooting 100%, you know? He's not shooting 50%. I'm I'm just saying I think he's going to have a fantastic time in Brooklyn with how easy his shot attempts will be. Um, I, I can agree there. I think he's going to, to in, enjoy the success. I, I question if he's going to be that much more effective than he is now fantasy-wise. I agree with that. Um, I I don't see him getting any worse than he is right now. 
I kind of see his stats right now as his floor, but I don't think that his ceiling's very high. Um, that's that's kind of my analysis there. I agree with that. Now, do you think that the Nets, that Blake Griffin going to the Nets, makes him makes them the automatic uh, title favorite? No, uh, I think the Nets were already a favorite, but I don't think Blake Griffin pushes the needle any further. Yet. Yeah, I don't really think so either. I need to see them play. I need to see what that dynamic. I don't think the Nets are done either. I think they're going to sign another front court player too. Good for them. I mean, that ownership is willing to buy a championship. I give them that. I have a question for you, Colin. Will we see Blake Griffin dunk in the second half of the season? Because I don't think he's dunked since like last December. He will get a dunk. I, he will get a dunk. He will get a dunk. You're telling me that James Harden throws you up a, a piece of cake alley oop. You don't, you don't slam that bad boy home. Ooh, I'll bet money it's not off an alley oop. I bet he's standing in the corner. He pump fakes and he drives in for a dunk. I'll guarantee that right now. You guarantee that right now. All right, then. Hey, everybody, bet on that. I don't know what book is taking that, but go find it. It's there. Alrighty, that's Blake Griffin Nets. It's gonna be interesting. I'm excited for him. Blake Griffin's a fun character, dude. I I really enjoy him. He uh he he's got some stand up bits. Have you ever checked those out? I I think I've seen a YouTube video of him doing stand up. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's he's funny. So for that reason, I root for him. Yeah, he's been on part of my take a couple times too, and I really liked yeah. those interviews. Yeah. He ate back-to-back Blake of the Year. I mean, true. It means something. Um. Alrighty. What other news do we have? Uh, before we get into the injuries, uh, I just wanted to address one more guy, and that's Lamarcus Aldridge, who we're gonna see get traded. And I just have some potential trade packages uh, for you, Colin, that Bleacher Report came out with okay. today, and I'll just run them by you, and you can tell me if you like them or if you don't like them. Facts. So the first one they have is LaMarcus Aldridge goes to the Celtics and the Spurs receive Tristan Thompson. Do you like that trade? Not if I'm the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, like they can do better. They can do better than just like, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson to me is just a cheaper LaMarcus Aldridge. Like at that point you would have just kept LaMarcus Aldridge with the team. Like I'd rather honestly like a second round pick than Tristan Thompson. All right, the next trade package actually involves your Chicago Bulls. And the Spurs the Spurs would be receiving Otto Porter and a twenty twenty one second round pick, and the Bulls would get Lamarcus Aldridge. How do you feel about that? Um do the Spurs need a small forward? No, but it's more about they're both free agents, so you're both getting off their cap at the end of the season. Um, I mean, as a Bulls fan who just wants to see his team in the playoffs, I that's kind of fun. Like that works for us. Like we definitely need somebody that's not Wendell Carter as a center. But yeah, I mean. I think that works. I mean, Otto Porter's 
he can be phenomenal when he's on the court. It's just that he's so rarely on the court. Yeah, I I don't see a a loser in that trade. Yeah, uh, the Marcus Aldridge was actually originally drafted by the Bulls in two thousand six with the second pick, but then they traded him to the Portland Trailblazers. So he would actually be coming back to the place his NBA career technically began. Yeah. Would we get for him jack shit? That was smart. Yeah, probably. I actually think he does help the Bulls, though. Who, like, there's the Bulls are like 16 and 18. They're going to push for these playoffs. And and you want these young guys. You want these young guys on the Bulls to get a taste of the postseason. And I think LaMarcus Aldridge would definitely help that because the Bulls do need some front court depth. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I think the Bulls are are starting to get to a place too where like another season of being in the lottery would be like fine. You wouldn't you're happy as a fan because you It know would definitely be a disappointment though. Yeah, these these players they clearly want to be in the playoffs and like you need some sort of morale and you you want to be decently attractive as a free agent destination as well. So uh yeah, I I like that for the Bulls. If I'm the Spurs, sure, I'll take Otto Porter. Yeah, I mean you're getting the cap back either way at the end of the season, so. Yeah. Um okay. so the next one, one. The next one is Andre Drummond goes to the Spurs, who is also a free agent this offseason. And the Cavs get LaMarcus Aldridge and a 2021 second round pick back. Do you see that as a likely that this could happen, Colin? Or do you think the Cavs get a better offer than a second-round pick in cap space for Andre Drummond? Um, I think that the Cavs probably get some sort of a better offer. If I'm the Spurs, I am all over this. I don't know what oh, yeah. do you actually think that you're, you're going to do in the playoffs this year. But Andre Drummond is helping you do some damage. So... I am all over this if I'm a Spurs fan. I hope that the other teams that are looking for a center at the deadline just see Drummond is too high-priced and would rather go for somebody much cheaper. Um, I don't know if that actually ends up happening, though, because I think Drummond is a pretty attractive piece. Yeah, so do I. I think Drummond's going to go to a... Uh, an important team too, uh, like a team that actually will need him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that like the Celtics or the Raptors or maybe even the Nets, if they just don't care about yeah. the at all, make a run for him. That's kind of where I see him ending up. Maybe the uh, I've said the Blazers in the past, but I don't know if I, I kind of want to see him on the Bulls. I kind of want to see Andre Drummond on the Bulls. You want to see Drummond on the Bulls? Yeah, I've heard that. I just, again, so we'd we'd be giving up Otto Porter and a second round pick. I don't want to give up a first round pick for him. And and no, I don't know. They they can have Luke Cornett, like if they want, (laughs) like sure, take him. And Grayson Allen, or not Grayson Allen? Who's uh, who's our fucking weeb guy with the man bun? Ryan Ryan Archie Diakono. They can have Arch. They can have Arch. (laughs) <laughs> I would give them March. All right. Uh, and then the last trade they came up with was the Spurs receive Andre Iguodala and Kelly Olynyk, and the Heat get LaMarcus Aldridge. How do you feel about that? 
If I'm the Heat, I love that. If I'm the Spurs, I feel like I just did nothing. I'd rather a second round pick. How old's Kelly Olynyk? Like he's like thirty. Uh yeah. I actually like this trade for both teams. Um, is it the best offer I think the Spurs could get for Lamarcus Aldridge? No, but I think the Spurs, who are in the middle of the playoff uh hunt in the West, could use a guy like Kelly Olynyk, who helps replace the outside shooting of Lamarcus Aldridge, and then just another savvy veteran wing in Andre Iguodala. And I think it actually helps the Heat too. Um, I I don't personally know any Heat fans, but the Heat are eighteen and eighteen, which I think coming off a of finals yeah. appearance is a pretty disappointing start to the season so far. I'd say and so. the Heat want to keep cap space open for twenty twenty one. So if they trade Andre Iguodala and Kelly Olynyk to get Lamarcus Aldridge, they're completing that goal. And I think Lamarcus could play alongside Bam or serve as the Heat's backup uh, center, which he actually, mm-hmm. the Heat's bench is actually one of the worst benches in the leagues. And I think Aldridge could eat on a bench unit. So I actually like that trade. Yeah. I like it for the Heat. I, I get your point if I'm the Spurs. Um, but uh, I don't know. Olinic is actually a bit more valuable than I had presumed. So, that's even, you know, yeah, again, I think it's even. I think it's even. If they can get Drummond, though, I think that's really the best-case scenario for them. Um, but I don't hate this. Otherwise, I'd like some young young draft capital if I could get it. Yeah. In that, um, in that trade I talked about to the Cavs, um, I actually think he would probably get bought out in that scenario. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. And then just go wherever he wants. Yeah, so then we could see him go to like the Nets, the Lakers, uh, whatever team he would want to go to, which I think would be kind of crazy. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a team like the Celtics, I'm willing to throw a couple second rounders at Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge is what five times better um, offensively in terms of what they get from Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice. Um, yeah. He helps spread the floor, and I mean. Sure, defensively, he might not be helping you that much, but I actually think Daniel Tice is a much better defender than people actually know. And I think they could afford to lose Tristan Thompson. I think that they can definitely afford to lose Tristan Thompson. So, yeah. There we go. uh, It's interesting. It is definitely interesting, but I like it. The other thing I do want to say is LaMarcus Aldridge is playing 26 minutes eight a game right now. So it, and that's the lowest he's played since his rookie season. Um, you know, like he can handle the minutes. I think I really do. He's playing eight less minutes a game than he did last year. Uh, I, I think he could be playing more than 26 minutes a game right now. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind too. Alrighty, let's move on to, to some more injury talk. Or do we have any more tr- trade rumors circulating that we want to talk about? Uh, I mean, the Knicks are in a bunch of trade rumors. I saw three separate trade rumors. Yeah, so the Knicks are interested in Oladipo, Terry Rozier, and Lonzo Ball. But I think that's just the Knicks being the Knicks, you know. They want to get a free agent. So 
I think it looks good if they're like, yeah, we're interested in all these guys, but we yeah, might, but we probably won't actually trade for any of them. Why would the Hornets sell Rosier right now? He is killing it for them. Yeah. No way. I don't know what the Knicks are offering. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not that interesting. Alrighty, big injuries then. Let's go there. Let's right. go there. Uh, I have a um, list. Do you just want me to run through some of the guys I have? Yeah, and we, we can break them down as you say them. Who's the first uh, guy on your list? So Marcus Smart is going to play tomorrow in the Celtics game against the Nets. Uh, he's missed some that's, pretty significant time. But that's pretty big for the Celtics. For, them. for a Celtics team that has been like shitting the bed. Yeah. In terms of expectations. Um, both Lori Markinen and Otto Porter could return tomorrow night for the Bulls. Uh, Lori actually came out and said he's ready to go, but it's basically on the coaching staff if they want him to play tomorrow. Uh, do you think, do you think that has um impact on Thad Young as a fantasy player, Colin, or do you think Thad Young has earned his minutes even after these guys I come th- back? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I hope that Thad Young has earned his minutes. Um, but Otto Porter and Laurie are just, they're caught in mid-trade rumors, obviously, so you have that going, so front offices always like to get the guys who, like, guys like that who are on the younger side playing so that teams know what they're looking at in trade rumors, but... I like if we want to make a push. I I need Laurie to get back on the cart and start doing his thing. Otto Porter, I could take him or leave him at this point. I'm pretty sure that his back is so far beyond gone that he can't do much. Yeah, that's not true. He can do some stuff, but he's just he's he's tough. Yeah, whenever you think about, like, oh, Otto Porter's pretty good, and then you remember he's making $28 million a year, and you kind of, like, die a little on the inside. Yeah. Well, and so this is his third year being on the Bulls, and I don't know if he's played 40 games with us yet. That's so tough. That's he's, so tough. He's played a total of 45 games in, we'll call it, two years so far. That's kind of disgusting. Yeah, it's just, it's not great. Yeah, we just, I I, I don't know what to make of him. Because when he plays, he can be phenomenal and he can rain and get buckets. But then he sits and gets injured so often. Oh, it's my back. (laughs) All right, uh, we got to go quick. But uh, so Christian Wood, he's ruled out tomorrow for the Rockets Thursday game, but he is basically ready to go. So I think he could play on Friday as the Rockets have a back to back, which is pretty good for you. That's big for the squad. Massive for me as a Christian Wood owner and And, uh, big for Christian Wood as a Christian Wood owner. Yeah, he's about to put up stupid numbers. I think so. I think so. I think they're just going to let him at it. Uh, Derek White is back. He played tonight in the Spurs game. He had a really bad game, but uh, along with me, the fantasy basketball subreddit is very high on a guy like Derek White. Um, Aaron Gordon, a guy who actually got hurt at the beginning of February, is questionable for the Magic's game tomorrow, which is pretty big. 
Good for him. Um, I, like that, I like an Aaron Gordon. Uh, yeah, I'll just read off the rest of the names real quick. Um, DeLon Wright is questionable for the Pistons game tomorrow. Um, Cole Anthony is questionable for the Magic's game tomorrow. He got hurt at the beginning of February. Um, okay. Yusuf Nurkic, as we already said, is one to two weeks yeah. away. Um, Devontae Graham's coming back this week for the Hornets. But the Hornets actually came out and said that LaMelo was going to stay in the starting lineup. So Devontae Graham will probably be coming off the bench now, which I don't know. I actually think might help his fantasy production. Um, probably not his field goal percentage because he's been absolute ass at this year. But um, I like the thought of Devontae Graham coming in and playing against backup units. Big stuff. Um, Kevin Love might be coming back soon. I'm getting pretty tired of Kevin Love. Like uh, I kind of feel yeah. the same way about um, him as you probably feel about Jaron Jackson Jr., with how sketchy exactly. the teams have been. And then my last guy that I wanted to talk about was Karis LeVert. Um, I think he might be coming back this month, which will be absolutely huge for the Pacers. That's going to be massive. I, as a secondary Pacers fan, which is somebody who's just near a lot of Pacers fans, that gives me excitement. Very. Uh, other two guys I want to mention, CJ McCollum started um, contact practices earlier this week, so I bet him and Nurkic actually kind of arrive at maybe the same time. Maybe CJ's two to three weeks out, whereas Nurkic is one to two weeks out, and Killian Hayes is about two weeks away from a return. Let's so, go. So that was you and I's rookie of the year pick. <laughs> uh, probably should have just stayed safe and went with Lamelo Ball, but you know it was for the content. We might be killing his biggest content. fans. There's a good chance. There's a good chance that you know maybe there's like some French broads that are like massive Killian Hayes fans, and then it's like us. <laughs> All right, and like maybe his parents are in there somewhere, like <laughs> the cracks. All righty, does that do it for this week? I think that does it for this uh, exclusive Wednesday fantasy episode. The all shout out the All Star break for giving us a weird week, but uh, happy to bring it to you, fellas. Thank you guys for listening to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast, and we'll be back on Sunday. See you guys. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs>